Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Backseat GM Podcast. I'm Ben Rauman, and not joining me today is Deadbeat Podcast co-host Zach Spurditti. Um Zach and I were supposed to record on Saturday. It is now Monday. Um, he has continued to postpone and postpone, and I finally decided I'm just going to do a solo episode so he can be fresh and ready for Wednesday's special Festivus-themed episode, dropping on Festivus. Um, so we'll get to Zach in a minute here. Um, I'm recording a little bit late here on Monday. I had some work getting done at my house. It sounded like Verdansk upstairs, so I contemplated podcasting from the backseat of my car, making it a real authentic episode of the Backseat GM podcast, but uh, that that got done with, so I'm here alone. I'm going to be covering the Western Conference over-unders today. Um, we didn't get to Western Conference on last episode where we covered the Eastern Conference over-unders and then some futures bets for the uh, end-of-season awards like MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, so if you missed that, go ahead and check that out on our last episode. Uh, but we will be covering the Western Conference today, all 15 teams, and I will also be doing some prop bets uh, of my own creation, which should be pretty fun. First, though, let's hear from Zach and why he decided that this wasn't important enough to him to uh, record today. Zach is a debut podcast host. Hey guys, it's your um, it's your favorite podcast host Zach. Um, I got a better offer today and yesterday and the day before that. Um, don't blame Ben on this one. I, I'll take the blame. Ben has been proactive about getting this getting this for you guys to listen to, and I've been one of the days I was procrastinating, but the other days I was actually busy. So <laughs> catch you guys in the next one. All right. Now that we've heard from Zach, uh, let's get right into personal favorite portion of the show of mine, the Kevin McHale, where we usually talk about a beer that we have tried uh, recently that we both like. Uh, Today I'm going solo. Um, I've got this hoodie weather oak-aged Vienna-style lager in front of me. Um, It's a real smooth, smooth smooth-tasting beer. Uh, You can really taste the oak in it. Um, It's from Forbidden Root which is a brewery that I haven't tried before, but I really, really enjoy this. I'm wearing a hoodie right now, and it definitely is hoodie weather, uh, being about 20-some degrees here in frigid Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So um, it's the perfect beer to pair with a nice, you know, nice fire. Uh, maybe, maybe you're cozying up to that special someone. Sipping from this hoodie weather Vienna lager. Um, so definitely go try that out. I think I rated it like a 3.75 or 4 on Untapped. Um, so pretty solid overall beverage. Um, next, we will get right into this, uh, the main portion of the show with our Western Conference over-unders. So just like last time, I'll be talking about what the line is according to Odd Shark, and then I'll adjust it to 82 games. Um, and then I'll compare that to kind of where that team was last year, and then we can go into a little bit how that team might have changed and what I'm going to pick for the over-unders. 
But first, Zach pre-recorded some of his over-under picks, so we'll hear from him now. Okay, Los Angeles Lakers at um, 47 and a half. I'll take the over. I'll take the over on the Lakers. Um, I'll take the I'll take the under on the Clippers at fifty at the forty six and a half. I'll take the under there. Um, Nuggets. I'm taking the over at forty four and a half. Mavericks. I'm also taking the over. Jazz. I'm taking the way under. Bet everything on the under on there. Portland Trailblazers. That's a that's a pretty fair one. Uh, I'm going to say don't bet on that. That's a tough line. Trailblazers, you know, streaking in the past, but they they find it late. So I wouldn't bet on the Trailblazers. Phoenix Suns, maybe eight, ninth seed. This this is this part. I mean, I'm going to be interested to hear the part of the podcast where Ben talks about this because there's a lot of a lot of dynamics, and it would have been good for me to be here the whole podcast. So, um, okay, Phoenix Suns. 39 and a half games. Mm. I'm going to take the under. Golden State Warriors, I'm also taking the under at 36 and a half. I think that's that's a little high. We saw how they were last year without Clay. Um, I don't know. Don't know if they're going to be able to stay healthy, but stats look great in preseason, so I'm rooting for him to stay healthy. Um, New Orleans Pelicans, 35 and a half. A lot of great lines here. Um, I'm going to have to take the under as well. I'll take the over on the Rockets, 33 and a half. I think the Rockets do make the playoffs this year with or without Harden. Um, So I'll take the over on the Rockets. Memphis Grizzlies, 31 and a half. I want to take the over on almost all these teams. Um, Memphis Grizzlies, 31 and a half. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to keep it flat or side on the under San Antonio Spurs, 29 and a half. I'm taking the, I'm going to take the under on that. Timberwolves, I'm taking the over. 28 and a half with a healthy D-Lo, healthy, healthy cat. They may they may make a solid push for the ninth or tenth seed this year. So I'm taking the over on the Timberwolves. Sacramento Queens um, or Kings, depending on how you prefer to be calling them. 28 and a half. It's fine. And the Thunder, wow. I'll take the Thunder. I'll be the bottom. 23 and a half, I'll take the under on the Thunder. So first off, we have the Los Angeles Lakers coming in at 47 and a half games as the over-under. That's 54 games adjusted to a 82-game season, which is the typical season. Now that this season, it'll be 72 games. So uh, last year, the Lakers sat at a projected 82-game stretch of 60 games over an 82-game season. Um, So that's down six games to the adjusted 82-game 54 uh, for this year. Um, The West is a little bit deeper this year, so I wouldn't discount that the Lakers could, you know, suffer some bit of a drop-off just because it's a little bit more congested in the middle with some of these teams getting healthy, like uh, the Warriors who have Steph Curry back. You have the Trailblazers who get Nurkic back for hopefully a full season, as well as um, Zach Collins. Uh, They also add, you know, a couple other pieces there. Get into that a bit later. Um, And then you have, you know, teams like the Mavericks, who, you know, are going to have some internal improvement from some of their young pieces. And then, you know, you have some of these younger teams like the Pelicans or Grizzlies that could be, you know, shooting for a, a 
final playoff spot here this year. So uh, really a lot more, a lot more stuff in the, a lot more teams in the West that are going to be, you know, vying for higher playoff seating. So I could definitely see the Lakers suffering a bit of a drop off. I see here they have it as a four game drop off uh, from what their pace was last year. Um, however, the Lakers did add some pieces. They definitely have a much stronger overall unit. Uh, they added Montrez Harrell and they added Dennis Schroeder, um, plus Marcus Gasol. So the Lakers definitely are more equipped to deal with those teams this year. I, 54 games seems a little bit low to me for, you know, what I expect to be the top team in the West. So I think I'm going to hit the slight over here, uh, at the 47 and a half mark. Um, so I basically just think that, you know, the Lakers got better and I don't think that these other teams really can contend with them. Next up, uh, we have the Los Angeles Clippers coming in at 46 and a half. That's one game below the line for the Lakers. Um, adjusted to 82 games, that's 53, down from uh, projected 56-game pace last year. Um, the Clippers, they lost Montrez Harrell, which is uh, it could be a good or bad thing, depending on what point in the season you're talking about. Montrez struggled a lot during the postseason, especially defensively. Um, but he was the sixth man of the year last year. So that definitely, uh, is a blow for this Clippers team during the regular season, which is what we're debating here with these over-unders. Um, the Clippers did add Serge Ibaka, who is a nice defensive piece. He might fit a little bit better, uh, with their guys, especially because he can hit the three and he's a uh, pretty solid perimeter shooter, even from inside the arc. Um, they also re-signed uh, Morris, who got a pretty lucrative contract. Uh, they basically ended up paying him instead of Montrez Harrell, since the Lakers poached him. Um, I do think that this Clippers team still doesn't have it all figured out. They still don't have that point guard that a lot of people thought they were missing last year, which, you know, I kind of agree. They really don't have that kind of floor general that can, you know, get them solid looks in the half court uh, on a consistent basis. I mean, obviously you have one of the best half court scores in the league in Kawhi Leonard on your team, but he can't do it himself the whole time. He can't get others involved quite as often as uh, other superstars might and I still don't think the Clippers chemistry is there I think that they're kind of you know the, as Zach and I talked about a couple episodes ago you know they, they still have a lot of stuff to iron out with the rest of the team and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and that I don't think is going to change after what happened in the postseason it really didn't sit well um with a lot of people, and I'm sure the Clippers, as they gave up, you know, a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets. So, the 82-game pace, again, is at 53. I think they still surpass it, even with kind of the struggles I talked about. I mean, even with all their struggles last year, they still, you know, were on pace for 56. Um... They, they take a 
three-game slide here, I still think that the Clippers are a better team than some of these other teams uh, below them until proven otherwise. So I'm going to take a slight over on the Clippers. Um, Up next is the Denver Nuggets, uh, who will see some internal improvement uh, a little bit from some of their younger guys. Jamal Murray took a huge step forward in the bubble. We'll see if that's still sustainable for a regular season, full regular season. Um, They also have... Michael Porter Jr., who is one of my picks for most improved player, as we talked about on the last episode, I think that he's going to take some huge strides forward. Uh, he's If he can really put it all together, he is a dynamic scorer, and he's really tall, too, so he's kind of got that Kevin Durant build. Not saying that you know he's going to be the next Kevin Durant, but that's going to be a really solid piece for the Nuggets to kind of build around uh, in addition to Jokic and Murray. They do lose uh, Jeremy Grant, who was a key part of their rotation last year. Um, They got Paul Milsa back on a a manageable deal, so they're still going to have some decent uh, depth. Uh, Grant and Millsap kind of limited Porter Jr.'s minutes a little bit since, you know, he can also kind of play the both the 3-4 positions. Millsap's more 4, but Grant can kind of fluctuate a little bit between those. Um, so giving more minutes to Michael Porter Jr. might not be a bad thing, but again, the Nuggets do lose, um, a rotation piece from last year in Grant. Uh, we'll see if that, uh, if they miss that. Uh, so the Denver Nuggets line is at 44 and a half, which adjusted to 82 game season is 50 and a half wins. Um, that's down, uh, a tad from their 52 game place or sorry, 52 game pace, from last season, um, I think that this is a pretty solid uh, over-under for the Nuggets. I'm going to go slight under here, just because I think there's a lot of improvement from some of these other teams that I could definitely see surpassing them at a certain point, uh, based on you know these numbers here uh, that we have. So, I'm going to go slight under for the Nuggets. Uh, just because I'm a huge believer in the Dallas Mavericks, who we got coming up next. Um, Speaking of, the Mavericks sitting at 42.5, which is two under what the Nuggets are projected at for the upcoming season. Uh, Adjusted to a 82-game pace, that will be 48.5 wins, which is a slight bump from where they were projected last year at 47. Um... I think the Nuggets are going to take a bigger step forward here than the one and a half games determined in these over-under lines on Odd Shark. Luka Doncic is only going to get better in his third season. Uh, we saw the dramatic leap that he took in year two. I can only imagine that he's going to improve upon that further. Um, they also get a couple you know, pieces here that might round out their team a little bit better. They obviously gave up Seth Curry, who is a key part of their bench. Um, The Mavericks already had, you know, the best offense by far last year. Um, Record-breaking offense. And the real problem was their defense, which is why they kind of slid a little further in last year's rankings. I think they were seventh seed. Yeah, because they played the Clippers in the first round. So, the Mavericks add Josh Richardson, who is a really good perimeter defender. 
You know, he's a solid scorer. Um, he's not the shooter that Seth Curry is, um, but I think that's, you know, not necessarily a bad thing with, you know, the other shooting that this Mavericks team clearly has around it and, you know, Luca and Porzingis and, you know, the rest of their bench and Tim Hardaway. And I just think that they really could use that extra perimeter defensive piece. And now they have that in Richardson. Um, if this team can take any step forward defensively, um, I would bet on major improvement this season. So having them only a game and a half ahead of their pace last year seems low to me. I'm going to take the strong over on the Dallas Mavericks this year. Um, the line again is at 42 and a half, 48 and a half for an 82 game season. Um, I just can't see the Mavericks only taking a slight, uh, leap ahead this year. I, I really am pretty bullish on them. Moving on to the fifth seed in these, uh, Odd Shark rankings here, we're over-unders. We have the Utah Jazz sitting in at 41 and a half uh, over-under. That's 47 wins adjusted to a 82-game season, down three from the 50 games they were projected last season. The Utah Jazz just signed Rudy Gobert to a max extension uh, to, you know, some, you know, disagreement among people in the NBA sphere. Um, you know, Gobert is obviously a really, really impactful defender. Um, he does struggle in the postseason, but, you know, that's not really what we're debating here in these over-under rankings again. Um, so good on the Jazz for locking up that guy. He kind of secures them at a certain floor, you know, since they've had Rudy Gobert and he's been a major factor for their team. The Jazz have steadily been, you know, on that 50 win pace. Um which, you know, a little strange here that they come in under that uh without, you know, losing Gobert at all. Um although, you know, that ex- extension was signed more recently than I got these rankings, so they could have taken a slight bump uh, from that, but they were going to have Gobert anywhere this anyway this season. Um, I believe they re-signed Derek Favors, which should uh, shore up some of their big man depth. Yep, I'm confirming now that they did. Um, definitely shores up their big man depth, kind of helps them, you know, battle up against some of these bigger teams. Um you know, Jordan Clarkson was really key for them on their bench uh, last year. Uh, he was, you know, one of the best six men in the league. Uh, probably should have gotten a little bit of mo- more awards buzz uh, just from his impact from a scoring, uh, you know, standpoint. I think that the Jazz, you know, bumping them down three games here, not terrible considering you know, some of this internal improvement we're going to see from some other teams in the West. I don't think the Jazz, you know, did a ton to get better. Uh, They definitely helped their front court with favors again. But I think this is a really good over-under for them. This is not one that I would necessarily, you know, bet on. But if I had to choose, I'm going to take the under. 
just because I do think that some of these other teams, like the Trailblazers and the Phoenix Suns, uh, definitely got better. And, you know, obviously the Warriors getting Steph Curry back is is something to take note of, too. So I'm going to go under on the Jazz, very slight under. Definitely wouldn't bet uh, my paycheck on that one, but that's what I think. Up next, the Portland Trailblazers aforementioned team uh, that I was just, you know, talking about is one of those kind of underdogs that could, you know, outperform what they are projected here in these rankings. They come in at 40 and a half wins, which is a full one game behind where the Jazz are projected here. That's 46 wins if adjusted to an 82 game pace, which is up seven games from where they were projected last year um, at 39. The Portland Trailblazers had a rough season last year. They're full of injuries with Nurkic and Zach Collins, and um, you know it was basically Lillard and C.J. McCollum dragging this team to the playoffs. Uh, they barely made an eighth seed last year. Um, however, you know they're going to be getting those guys back. You know they they actually filled out a solid bench. They got a real perimeter defender in Robert Covington, uh, who's been, although he's been traded a lot these last few years, he's a really coveted asset for uh, teams. Just kind of been luck of the draw with him, um, the way he's been traded. Um, But I think he definitely helps with their defense, and so does getting Nurkic back, uh, who's a solid uh, center defender. Um... I could see the Portland Trailblazers jumping the Jazz here in these rankings by Odd Shark. Um, I just think the additions they've made, in addition to the guys they're going to be getting back, is going to be enough uh, to to at least jump them. Um, they could possibly, you know, be better than that when they were at their full health. Um, you know, they made it as high as an, a third seed in the West. Obviously, they had. You know, Alfred Gaminu and Mo Harkless there at that time, and they had some other pieces. But I think that they definitely, even even in addition to Covington, they you know strengthened their bench this year a lot more. So you could definitely see a return to prominence for them. So I'm gonna hit the slight over here at for the Portland Trailblazers at 40 and a half, um, which is 46 for an 82 game season again. Moving on to the seventh seed in our rankings, we have the Phoenix Suns, uh, who are projected at over-under of 39.5, which is 45 games if adjusted to an 82-game season. That is up considerably by seven games from the 38-game projected pace they were at last year. The Phoenix Suns are an odd case because they were having a pretty mediocre season last year up into the bubble where they went undefeated and still barely missed the playoffs um, to the Portland Trailblazers and uh, Grizzlies who were in the tiebreaker game. But, you know, these Suns, Devin Booker had a monster year last year shooting the ball, um, and a lot of these Suns players are only going to get better. Obviously, they lose Kelly Oubre Jr., but the big acquisition that everybody's talking about is Chris Paul. And, you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder weren't projected to do a lot last year. Um, They're projected to do even worse this year, as we'll soon, you know, talk about. Chris Paul took those Thunder to a 
game projected season for 82 games. Obviously, they didn't get to finish out the year, but they're projected at 50 to, at 50 games. The Phoenix Suns here are projected at 45 games over an 82-game season, and arguably, I think, could possibly have the better roster overall. Uh, Devin Booker is better than you know any of those guys on that Oklahoma City Thunder team that you know, Chris Paul had his teammates when he took over there. Um, you know, Shade Gilgis-Alexander, Dennis Schroeder, Stephen Adams, Danilo Gallinari were all really, you know, good NBA pieces, uh, good rotation players, good starters, you know, um, for where they were at as a team. But, you know, Chris Paul made those guys look insanely good. And, you know, I think Shea Gilgis-Alexander is going to look really good in his own right on his own this year. But, you know, this Suns team definitely has the talent uh, with, you know, Bridges and Booker and Aiton. Um, They added Crowder this offseason to give him a little bit more shooting, and that was big for, you know, Chris Paul and that Thunder team. He could kick it out, and they had guys who could make their shots. And I think this Suns team can definitely do that for sure. Um, this Suns team, you know, Devin Booker, for as great of a player as he is, you know, he hasn't done a whole lot of winning yet, and Chris Paul definitely has that winning pedigree, so I could definitely see these Phoenix Suns outperforming that 45-game, um, you know, 82-game projection here, um, seeing as a Thunder team that might have been worse got to 50, um, granted it was, you know, a little bit more thin in the West. I still think that I would take the slight over here on these Phoenix Suns. Uh, again, the over underline is 39 and a half on odd shark. Um, I definitely think that Chris Paul can take these guys to a fourth or fifth seed. Uh, and that's a definite possibility here. So Rounding out the playoff teams in these over-unders, we have the Golden State Warriors, who sit at 36.5 as the over-under line. That's 41.5 wins uh, over an 82-game season, up tremendously from the 19 games that they were projected to win last year. Um, Obviously, the Warriors dealt with a multitude of injuries. They only had Steph Curry for a very short time last year before, you know, he got hurt. Um, they were basically playing a lot of their, um, really young guys or guys that were basically G-leaguers. Um, so it's kind of hard to compare these teams. Um, the Clay Thompson injury definitely looms large here though. I mean, I could definitely see the Warriors, you know, having a bit of a bounce back year if he were still there. Granted, their bench is a lot worse than it was when, this Warriors team was in its prime and, you know, being the one seed in the Western Conference. They did acquire Kelly Oubre Jr. this offseason, who's a nice, solid piece. You know, he's a good scorer. Um, The Phoenix Suns will miss him this year. Um, But there's no guarantee that Steph Curry is going to remain healthy for a full season again. You know, he might decide to just take this year off as well until he can get his, you know, his guys healthy. Or the Warriors could, you know, make some drastic move where they decide to move on from, you know, this core while they can. You know, maybe they move Draymond Green. I doubt they'd move Steph Curry, but, you know, 
I, I don't see this team having the depth and the health to really make a run at this eighth seed this year. I still think this is going to be a bit of a, I don't know, whatever last year was for them. Not a rebuilding year, but kind of like a regrouping year. Um, it is getting towards the end of these guys' primes, so they're running out of time. Maybe they will try to make a run, but I'm not really seeing the 41.5 game pace here for 82 games. Um, I'm going to hit the slight under here with the Warriors. Um, that brings us to you know kind of a grouping of teams here at the bottom of the Western Conference playoff picture, just kind of sitting outside of Odd Sharks. Um, projections. First off, we have the New Orleans Pelicans, who are sitting at 35.5 games for the over-under. That's 40.5 to an 82-game season, up from 34 projected last year. Obviously, you're going to see some internal improvement from some of these, you know, they have a multitude of young guys. They have a brand new coach in Stan Van Gundy. Uh, They moved on from Alvin Gentry this past offseason. Um, actually, I think it was even before the off season, they did it during the bubble. Um, they're going to have Zion Williamson, hopefully for, you know, most of the year, um, barring any injuries that he may have. Um, the Pelicans didn't get drastically better record wise with Zion, which, you know, is to be expected with a rookie, you know, playing his first couple NBA games, you're not going to see some instant cohesion, especially when a team like the Pelicans was, without him for most of the year. Um, Still, you have Brandon Ingram, you have, you know, Zion, you have Lonzo Ball, you have, you know, improving core of young pieces. Um, However, the Pelicans did lose Drew Holiday, who was a key piece for their team. He really brought that stability, that veteran presence, you know, the defensive acumen. Um, On a team that was pretty bad defensively, he was the, you know, shining bright spot there now he's gone gone to the milwaukee bucks um i don't see this team improving that drastically over where they were last season um i think that you know you're still gonna see a bit of a hiccup here it kind of happened you know Speaking from personal experience as a Bucks fan, it happened with the Bucks when they made the playoffs a little bit early on in the Giannis Jabari Middleton days, um, and then there were these higher expectations for them. They still like, you know, kind of fell short of that um, for a couple years, and you know, a lot of that had to do with having Jason Kidd as a head coach. Stan Van Gundy is miles ahead of him, um, but. You know, a lot of these young teams get, you know, hyped a little bit too early. They kind of overperform maybe a little bit and then struggle. Um, you know, this is a Pelicans team that, you know, didn't make the playoffs last year. They had a, definitely had a shot. They had one of the easiest schedules in the bubble and they still fell short, um, which I think says a lot about how much further they have to go. Um, so I'm going to hit the under here on the Pelicans. Um, up next, we have the Houston Rockets who are sitting at 33.5 for the over-under line. Um, that's 38 games adjusted to a 50, or an 82-game season, um, which is down 12 games from the 50-win pace they were at last year. 
the Houston Rockets are a really tough figure because, you know, you kind of assume James Harden is going to be dealt at some point. However, we don't know how soon that's going to be. It could be, you know, early in the season to kind of, if, if you know, the Rockets want to avoid that distraction for the year, um, they might try to get a deal done as soon as possible. But it doesn't seem like there's been a ton of traction yet on stuff. So if Harden remains on the team until the deadline, that gives them, you know, a pretty decent floor here. And it might be a floor that's higher than what their projection is. Now, if he leaves early, I mean, you obviously have a much worse team. You have, you know, John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, and Christian Wood as your main core pieces. Uh, At least two of them, being Cousins and Wall, are very susceptible to injury. So you can have to expect them missing some games here and there. Um, If not, something more serious. Uh, Hopefully not. But it's a really tough tough, tough thing to figure. I wouldn't necessarily bet money on it unless you're really confident in what the Harden saga is going to unfold as and when it's going to unfold. 38 wins for an 82-game season for this Rockets team seems like you could try to take the over on this just in case Harden plays a little bit longer with the team than would be expected. Um... You know, John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins, Christian Wood, they're all good players. We saw Christian Wood kind of flash in the preseason. Um, I know Zach is really high on the Rockets this year. Um, I'm not quite as high, so I'm a little bit more, um, you know, cautious with this. Um, I could see them outperforming this number, though. Um, You know, just strictly for the fact that we don't know how long Harden is still going to be on this team. And if he is on this team for any longer than people initially expect, then I think it could be a good bet to bet the over on this. So that's what I'm going to do. The Memphis Grizzlies uh, coming in at 31.5 for the over-under. That's 36 wins uh, on a projected pace from last year. Uh, Or sorry, on a projected pace for 82 games. That's down to from the 38 wins that they were projected last year. Um, The Memphis Grizzlies really didn't lose anything of value. They added some really, really, really nice draft pieces. Um... I really loved their draft, getting, you know, Desmond Bain and then Xavier Tillman. Um, I believe one other guy uh, that I was pretty high on slid to them, too. This Grizzlies team, it lacks, you know, kind of that veteran presence, but that really didn't matter last year. John Morant is going to be really, really good in this league. Um, Again, you know, this Grizzlies team... This is going to be their second year after being really good last year. You know, sometimes projections, you know, they these teams that are young might fall short of expectations. However, this projection has them as two less games than they had last year, um, which, you know, could reflect, you know, the... The schedule um, being a little bit harder in the West this year with some teams getting healthy... Like I said, though, I'm not that high on the Warriors being that great. Um, That could leave some extra breathing room for some of these, you know, fringe playoff teams like the Grizzlies. 
Um, I do think that this team has a lot of really good chemistry. Um, this is tough. You know, the bottom of the West, I've been saying this for a couple in a row now, but it's it's hard to put money on these. I ne- I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but I'm going to take the over on these Grizzlies just because I believe in Dr- John Morant, and I think that um, this core is really strong, really good chemistry. They've only gotten better from a talent perspective. Um, I think that they could maybe take some of that vacuum uh, gap left by some of these teams like the Warriors and the Pelicans that I think are going to underperform a lot more than their projections. So I got the slight over on the Grizzlies. Uh, up next, we have the San Antonio Spurs, who are sitting at 29 and a half uh, games for the over-under. That's 33 and a half uh, on a projected pace for 82 games. Down uh, by three and a half games from their projected pace of 37 last year. The San Antonio Spurs are in kind of a weird place. You know, they've been so good for so long. Um, the kind of, you know... The, the the league kind of has passed them by a little bit just from, you know, they've been rebuilding for so long and um, kind of these young pieces that were promising underperformed last year a bit. Um, they, I just don't really see this team outperforming expectations this year. Um, you could definitely see them try to shed off some of, some of their veteran talent maybe to rebuild even further this year. I'm going to hit the under on San Antonio Spurs. Um, I wish I had more to talk about with this team, but I really just don't see betting money on this as a good idea, um, although I'm not very high on them. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves are up next at 28.5 for the over-under line. That's 32.5 games uh, in a normal 82-game season. Up... Uh, quite a bit from where they were projected at at 24 games last year. Um, you know, Notably, the Timberwolves do get the top pick in the draft, Anthony Edwards, who is a really good scoring talent. Um, he could definitely you know, fit in alongside some of the other pieces in Minnesota. Their defense is going to be horrendous. Um, Anthony Edwards is not a good defender. D'Angelo Russell is not a good defender. Carl Anthony Towns has not tried to be a good defender ever. Um, Obviously, Towns is is a supreme offensive talent. Um, Russell, for as much hate as he gets, you know, he can churn out offense. Um... You know, he's not going to be the winningest player you can have, um, but he is a reliable scorer um, on the offensive end. You know, having Edwards in that mix is going to be interesting. Um, The Timberwolves don't have a ton of depth behind this front three, which is probably a bigger reason why they're more towards the bottom of this heap here. Although, I do think that, I think the Timberwolves could definitely make a run at being better than the Spurs this year, just from a talent perspective. 
Um, don't think the Spurs will be trying to win games. Timberwolves probably will now that they, you know, paired these two best friends in Dan- or in uh, D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. Plus they have, you know, Anthony Edwards. They want to try to sell some jerseys. Um, they're going to definitely be motivated to making a run at the playoffs. You know, not it's not to say that the Spurs won't be motivated to try to do that. I just don't think that they have the talent to do so. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to hit the slight over on these Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, I think that they can definitely be better than the Spurs, and they could possibly, you know, outpace the Grizzlies or the Rockets, the Pelicans, um, you know, if any of those teams drop. I don't think that the Timberwolves will be at the edge of the playoff picture by any means. I just, you know, think that they could probably leapfrog one or two of these, you know, bottom tier of the West teams uh, that we've been talking about. Um, Sacramento Kings up next at 28 and a half. That's the same line that the Timberwolves have. Um, that's again, 32 and a half games, uh, for an 82 game season. That's down by two and a half from the 35 games that they were projected last season. Um, the Sacramento Kings lose Bogdan Bogdanovich for effectively nothing, um, they had him as a restricted free agent. They chose not to match the offer sheet. Um, obviously, there's the big debacle with the alleged deal with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, they fell apart, causing the Atlanta Hawks to swoop in, sign him to a big offer sheet that Sacramento was not willing to match. So they lose a key bench contributor in Bogdanovich. Um, there's rumors, and there's been rumors for a while, that the Kings... Trying to move on from Buddy Heald, although with Bogdanovich gone, they might try to be retaining uh, that talent as much as they can. Granted, you know, it's you know likely that Heald could request a trade. He's kind of shown his uncomfortable, you know, his uncomfortability with the direction of where this front office is going. He'd like to probably be playing for a contender or at least a team that's you know, kind of more towards that playoff window. Um, the Kings do get Tyrese Halliburton, who I really liked coming into the draft. Uh, again, though, he's kind of more of a ceiling raiser piece than he is a floor raiser piece. Uh, he's a real good complimentary guy who you could put next to, uh, you know, a superstar like LeBron or Giannis, um, who's, you know, really elite at playing off-ball in his idealized role. Um, I just don't think that he's going to make as big of an impact from a wins perspective this year with the talent level that this Kings team has. Um, So I'm going to hit the under on the Kings. I think they're probably going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, That's without even considering they signed Hassan Whiteside, um, who was kind of a unneeded piece, and they took him anyway. Got a center who's kind of putting up a lot of garbage stats, and you know, just you know, he's more of a stat stuffer than an impact player. So, taking the under on the Kings, the last team we have here is the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, who sit at twenty three and a half for their over and under. Uh, that's twenty seven wins for an adjusted eighty two game season. Um, down considerably from the 50 wins that they 
were projected last year. Uh, obviously, they lose Chris Paul. They trade away Steven Adams. Um, I believe they have George Hill now uh, because of the Pelicans, Drew Holiday, Bucks trade. Um, he somehow worked his way there. So they'll have George Hill, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, some other younger pieces. Um, this Thunder team is largely devoid of talent, uh, though they lost some of their biggest contributors last year. Um, another one that they lost is Gallinari, who you know ended up signing with the Atlanta Hawks this year. So this team can't really see a lot um, going for them. They're sitting at the 27 wins here. I'm going to venture a guess and say they're going to be under that even. Um, so going with the under on the thunder here, under on the thunder, oh, that was a nice little jingle. Um, but yeah, that wraps up our Western conference over unders. Um, to close out the show, thought it'd be fun to talk about a couple prop bets I came up with. Um, again, these are not uh, official bets on Odd Shark, which is what we've been drawing from. These are ones that Zach and I came up with on our own. Um, the first one, uh, does James Harden get traded by the deadline? Uh, if he gets traded, you get a minus 150. Uh, if he is not traded by the deadline, that's a plus 850 return. Um, I think it's only a matter of time before James Harden gets traded. However, those odds, plus 850, aren't bad. Um, I would definitely... Uh, put my money on him getting traded by the deadline for sure. Um, it just seems like the Rockets, it's inevitable at this point based on the reporting that's come out. Uh, Harden doesn't really seem like he wants to be there despite it initially being reported that it was his idea to try to go get John Wall. Um, you know, maybe Christian Wood will change his mind, but I definitely think that Harden's gone uh, by the deadline to one of these teams, the Nets or the 76ers. Um, next, I don't know if you guys heard, but Anthony Edwards, top pick in the draft, uh, dissed Dame Lillard's rapping skills, saying that he could rap way better than him. Um, he said, he said he sounded like Lil Baby and, uh, proceeded to do a freestyle in the car. Uh, CJ McCollum came to Dame's defense, um, and kind of said that, uh, the rookie should stay in his lane a little bit. So the the lot the actual bet is will Dame Lillard and Anthony Edwards swap diss tracks sometime this season? Um, we got that they do at minus one hundred and they don't at plus two fifty return. So we have it as more likely that they do than they don't. Um, however, you know maybe Dame won't stoop that low to you know give a rookie like him that kind of attention. Maybe he'll kind of just let it slide. So I'm going to ride the money here and the money side of this and go, they don't, at plus 250. Um, finally, we've got an over-under bet here. What's the over-under of players-only meetings for the Brooklyn Nets? <laughs> we saw a lot of players-only meetings for that uh, Kyrie-led Celtics team. Now Kyrie finally gets uh, roster-worthy of, you know, messing with this year um we'll see if that comes to fruition i'm gonna go with over two and a half players only meetings for the brooklyn nets especially with that rookie head coach and steve nash don't know if he'll be able to handle things like brad stevens was able to and didn't go well for him either so that's wrapping up this episode of the backseat gm podcast um 
Sorry that Zach was a deadbeat today, but we will be back very soon uh, in the next couple days uh, with a podcast dropping on Festivus, and we'll have a special Festivus for the rest of us themed podcast. That's Seinfeld, if you don't get the reference. Um, You can find us here at the Backseat GM at Backseat GM Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We uh, share our shows whenever they drop there, so go ahead and follow us on those platforms to get the first information. We are currently available on Spotify as well as Simplecast, and those links will be provided in our posts from our social media platforms. Um, Hopefully soon we will be getting on Apple Podcasts. Um, Got some people working on that. So until next time, thank you for listening.